welcome to the guinea pig. I'm Dr. Mariam Zamani, an oculoplastic surgeon and aesthetic doctor. And I'm Fiona Golfer, a writer and journalist. I'm no stranger to a cosmetic procedure, and I'm willing to try pretty much anything. Which is why I'm here to make sure Fiona and anyone else that's out there considering a treatment to help make a better informed decision safely and to try and collect as much information as they can. Every fortnight, this podcast comes to you from Mariam's Clinic in Chelsea. If you're looking for an honest, no-holds-barred approach to invasive and non-invasive cosmetic surgery, then the guinea pig is here to help you. Hi, everybody. And today's episode is a really fascinating one, actually. We're here with Joanna Bridger, who is a journalist who I met when I was basically sucking up to you to try and get a <laughs> commission. <laughs> and we met for lunch. We'd spoken across email yeah. for a while and we, we, we decided to meet for lunch. And Joanna has got a, you've got a... Cleft lip and palate. Cleft lip and palate, mm-hmm. which I didn't really notice at first at lunch. You've got an incredibly pretty face and very pretty full lips and beautiful big eyes. And we were chatting away in a very strong personality. And I didn't really notice until you brought up that you had had a cleft palate, which you have had treated when you were 17, I think you told me. Yeah, so the, the initial operation is when I was a baby, right. and then you have a couple of follow-up operations, and then I had my last surgery when I was 18 on the, my scar on my lip. They tried to sort of readjust it and realign it a little bit, because obviously it was last stitch when I was 18 years previously, so you grow, so they try and make it look a bit better. And had you always been sort of uncomfortable with it? Have you always been very sort of overly aware of your Um I think, yeah, I'm definitely aware of it. Um, my parents were brilliant as I was growing up and I wasn't horribly bullied. I had, I was with Great Ormond Street my whole life and they put you through a lot of sort of, they, lot, you have lots of things available, counselling and all sorts, and they almost prepare you for the worst. But I was very lucky. I had a very good group of friends at school. Um, I do get asked about it sometimes. A few kids would say something when I was little, but nothing terrible. But just as I've got older and the industry that I am in, I know what's available um, and I know the things that can be done. And so I was always aware that I could, but not willing to put myself forward for it, maybe until you. <laughs> me one of the things that you do is you commission an awful lot of beauty pieces yes so definitely. you know about what's out there you know about all the kind of new techniques you know about uh, sort of what's on offer and I know that you've been doing research because you told me into looking to how would you describe what you're looking to do sort of soften yeah what? so I mean I, everyone knows your face is not meant to be symmetrical um, and that's something that yeah you just need to accept but my face because of my cleft lip were, it, my nose and, and my lip especially were very unsymmetrical um, and I knew that there were things you could do with filler to maybe balance it out a bit better so you have a scar that runs up essentially from the top of your lip up into the side of your nose the left hand side of your nose yes that's right yeah. and what happened when we met was that we got on very well immediately I'd like to think and um, <laughs> yes and you started to tell me about the operations that you'd had and, and what you were hoping to and uh, achieve really now. Mm. And I said, get thee to Mariam as soon as possible. About 20 minutes later, <laughs> you and Mariam were in yeah. um, conversation. And you were in here with Mariam a week later, I think. Pretty much, yes. 
tell us a little bit about why you why suddenly then and why and what why why did you decide you were persuasive no, well, no I'm persuasive but I mean, <laughs> go out and throw yourself under a bus you might not <laughs> that's true maybe I wouldn't know um I just yeah I think it was just the right time for me. I'm turning 30 um, tomorrow, in fact. And Ooh, I thought... Happy birthday, early. <laughs> thank you. And it's... Uh, yeah, I just... I, I'm very willing. I, I think someone who's had operations in their life, um, and it was always... You you knew, when, when you're cleft lip and you're with Great Ormond Street, there is a procedure. There is every sort Protocol. of few years, they know what they're doing. It's an absolute procedure. So I knew, for example, when I was 16, 17, I was due a jaw operation um, that they advise you to take a gap year for, um, and it's set. It's like almost like a diary. You've got this schedule waiting for you. And so I always knew, and it was just something... I knew I was going to have my jaw done, so I had my jaw broken, moved back, I also at the time had cheek implants because one side of being a cleft lip patient is you do have a very flat face which is what I wanted to fix lip wise this time um, so I knew that I had I'd, I'd had all of this done and so I'm not necessarily a scaredy cat I'm also a bit of a guinea pig I'm willing to do it and turning 30 I thought why not maybe let's see what we could do with my lip before we go on to that, I'm just going to ask you one last question before we bring our complete genius expert in. <laughs> Will you just explain to the listeners exactly what having a cleft lip means? What it, what, what, when you're born with a cleft lip, what yeah. is that? So basically, when you're a baby in your mother's tummy, you're the, one of the last things to fuse together as a fetus is your palate and your lip like under your nose you, the sort of the filtering part of your lip between your lip and your nose and so being cleft lip means that just doesn't form for whatever reason I don't think there is I don't think we know why and so when I was born it was completely wide open and at the time this is 30 years ago now they fixed it immediately so they you go into surgery you have it you have it sewn up my palate was filled and you carry on as normal basically I think they've actually changed it now and they've realized that doing it that early stunts the growth of the jaw which is why I had my jaw operation when I was 18 and I think now they do it much later so it doesn't stunt the growth of the jaw but yeah so then I grew up from then on with a scar a hole in my like just above my gum where my lip meets my gum which was fixed when I was 11 and yeah that's basically it fascinating I have to admit to always finding uh, men who've had cleft palates quite sexy. I don't know what that means about me. <laughs> it's more common in men. And men are luckier because they can hide Phoenix. it with their he's beard. The, you know, he's the, he's the, the poster <laughs> boy for the cleft palate. So you came to meet Marianne. Marianne, what did you tell us about that meeting? Well, actually, you know, funny enough, I the reason I ended up going to medicine was I did well not because I was forced to go into medicine because of my parents but the reason I ended up going down the plastics or cosmetic route was actually while I was in medical school I was fortunate enough to um, be involved with something called Operation Smile which was created, if I'm not mistaken, by a dentist in Norfolk, Virginia, in America. And his son-in-law was a year above me in medical school in D.C. And uh, he was doing a bike ride, and he said, why don't you you know, join and do this bike ride? And I, I raised a bit of money doing this bike ride, and they I raised quite a bit, and they offered me to go to Thailand uh, to help them with one of their missions. And it was in that mission that I was like totally like, wow, I can't even believe. I thought all those surgeons who were operating were gods. I thought they were like amazing. People walked, I mean, for days and weeks. And, you know, just when you hear about it in stories, it actually happened. We had hundreds of people coming to, to have surgery done, to have their lips repaired. 
And then we were also, the, I was only a medical student, but the surgeons at that time were also teaching their own doctors uh, within this little village how to treat these um, patients. And also they left the medical equipment there. Anything, uh, Johnson & Johnson was a huge sponsor. I remember seeing lots of their products there, and I think they gave a bunch of it just for them to be able to support it on their own without having you know the western doctors there too so that's where you got your that's because you were so excited when i told you about yeah John. no i did because actually it's quite interesting because then i didn't end up going through plastic surgery and i went to do facial plastics a different route i i obviously don't do uh, cleft lip palettes i I'm, I'm not i've never done one but i i feel like i started down that route because of that experience that really impacted me for for so long so actually it's it's, it's, and and i'm still i mean i haven't been involved with them in a long time but i mentioned them in a in a comment on my instagram recently because someone asked me uh, i had somehow found it on google somehow and i looked up some pictures and i i just actually put it on my story on instagram and operation smile got back in touch with me and they're like that's so nice you know and i just thought that was so warm and fuzzy you know just because now it's a very big organization. Yeah. I think it was Those quite small. Those charities are so important as of well. Of course they, they are. They're so important, yeah. But when, but when you came to see me, your biggest concern was uh, when you said that you look on the profile, you can always tell who's had a cleft lip because that upper white lip is, is flat. And that's because the volume of the lip has changed or reconstruction or, you know, whatever the reason for lots of different reasons, but it's not as well defined as it would be in someone who didn't have a cleft lip. And that was your biggest concern. You were also very nervous. I was. normal. Yeah. She's wringing um, her fingers now. Is she? Oh, she's no. wringing her fingers. I hold your hand. Can't get away with anything. I know. She's very observant this one. So we decided, and your mom came too, which was very sweet. Yeah. And we we did very little so you know we talked about doing it in stages because obviously anybody who's had any sort of surgery and has any injectables afterwards the anatomy is obviously a little bit different than somebody who hasn't had surgery and hasn't had uh, you know scarring so I always my ethos always is to do a little bit see how it goes and if we need to pause or go back we can do that so we put a little bit of numbing cream and you you explained what really bothered you the most and we added a very small amount of volume mm-hmm. um, to the upper lip a little bit to the lower one too and also into the filtrum to try and equalize that and that's basically that line that goes from the nose down to to the lip and uh, we went through all the normal things that lips can swell and uh, they did and they did <laughs> <laughs> and they can be scary swollen because you think your lips are going to stay like that but they don't and i i do try to to um give people peace of mind that it will go down but it's mm. kind of scary in the moment sometimes to think oh my god how is it possibly going to go down but it did it did so and then so you got home with it and your lips swelled and you panicked no so i was okay so i was very prepared walking out of here i got home and it was actually fine i had it done late in the afternoon so when i got home absolutely fine as i went to bed and laid down i could just start feeling going and because i have a scar any disruption to that area feels even more alien everyone knows what it's like when you have a swelling and it feels really weird but add, add a scar into that and it does feel like that whole area is under pressure and you think god that feels weird and I could just feel it getting bigger and bigger and bigger as I was going to sleep and then the next morning I was looking back on pictures not even that bad but to me in the mirror it was quite bad and my advice to anyone going through this is 
in today's world, it's so fillers and this, these kind of procedures are so normal and commonplace or we've made them be that way because mm-hmm. it seems like every other person is having it, especially on television, famous people, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And because I'd had surgery in the past, I kind of went into this thinking, hmm much far 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 better than surgery like less recovery time I knew you told me I could go back to work the next day I thought absolutely fine and so I just wasn't prepared for the small bit of downtime that I needed as somebody who although I had operations I hadn't had anything like this before and I just when I saw myself in the mirror the next day I wouldn't have wanted to be in work I only needed a day and that was all it took and then it was back to pretty much back to normal did you go to work the next um, day? so I had I, t- I had two days off I worked from home um, and then I went and looking back now I was still a little bit swollen on that third day but absolutely fine nobody noticed you're back you're pretty much back to normal and so I would say it's not nothing to be scared of but you do need to go into it knowing that that can happen it exactly. doesn't actually happen to everybody so I I always tell people you could actually have had filler 10 times and never had swelling and then the 11th time all of a sudden you, have, oh, really? you really have significant swelling where you're like oh my gosh what happened to me yeah so we don't know why that happens sometimes but Mm. it's uh it's one of those things just because you had swelling once doesn't necessarily mean that you will have swelling next time yeah but i just think as long as you're mentally ready for that then if it doesn't happen brilliant and if it does you your doctor every you should know it goes away but it's just being mentally prepared for that to happen so you're ready when it happens and you were saying marianne was on the end of a phone absolutely that was the best thing in the world to be able to i text you a picture you came straight back to me and said you're absolutely fine sorry you're swollen take an antihistamine and that was it and it was and and i'm gonna get you and i had my mum in here with me too who would listen to everything that you had said so she was also with me saying we heard everything we knew this was going to happen it's fine but it's just that little bit of reassurance sometimes that's what it takes you just Mm. want to know that you're normal you Mm. just want to know that this is meant to happen and it's going to be fine and that's all it took and that was your first you've had your second treatment now i think with with i have yes so we i think we did a good job in creating um a profile and adding a little bit of volume to the lip and then also creating a filtrum but after the first one we knew we wanted to maybe widen the smile just a little bit because i didn't want to do too much at any at that first session where you say widen the smile you talking about the kind of corners of them no so so instead of being more like they're, they're they're you know to having a a, a larger, wider smile, basically. Okay. So, like, sometimes people um, can feel very condensed in that central area. Okay. And this is just to mm-hmm. fill it out a bit. Fill it out on the edges. Yes, in the corner. Not quite the corners of the lip, but uh, but on the lateral mm. lip border, basically. I found, when I looked in the mirror the first time that we did it, because my lips looked bigger this way, yes. I felt like they looked re- far, like really narrow yes. because the volume had gone yes. that way. And so I felt we just needed to yes. balance it out a little bit. And Make the vertical height not stand yes. out so much compared to the horizontal exactly yeah one the reason that i remember thinking oh come see marianne was because when i met you your lips were not they were sort of there was like there were little bumps and i remember thinking across oh in the lower bit of the lip the the fleshy part of the fleshy part of the lip yeah yeah. and i remember thinking oh marianne can even that out for you i Mm -hmm. know i kept thinking about the hydrating yeah i'm I'm coming at it from complete kind of you know a different perspective what do i know Kind of you know a lot. <laughs> but I just remember thinking you could smooth that out yes. and that that would make such a difference to you. And I can see, even though I know you've had a treatment recently, I can mm. see that that's happened. It has. And that she has some smelling now too. Yeah, I'm still so smelling. Bit, so, yeah. Yeah. She had it, yeah, last night we did a little bit more. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. 
And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So um, actually, I think the lips are, they, they look, I think they look good. They'll last between, you know, it's meant to last about a year. It could last a little bit longer. Mm. Um, do you need to upkeep it? No. If you didn't upkeep it, it would gradually go back to how it was. People are always worried that, you know, what happens if you stretch? I haven't put that much product in there. So if I used many syringes of, of hyaluronic acid and really inflated the lips, I didn't actually try to inflate the lips. I was just trying to even the lips out as opposed to make something different than what you had. And the other thing that we discussed was this very thin, she has a beautiful scar, but it does interrupt that border of the lip, the vermilion border. And if at a later time that bothers you, you could always have, you know, like a little medical tattoo uh, just of skin color or pigmentation just to blend that in, even on this, the scar going up to the nose as well. What's mm. this part of the lip? I'm the pointing at the, so the, the filtrum is the bit that yes. from the top of the lip to the nose. And that's what Mariam's raised a little bit. Yeah, yeah. she's kind and of I created really a face. One. You don't have it really as a cleft lip patient because your scar's there. Yeah. You don't naturally get oh, that. It looks amazing. And that's, I've sort of got a line of filler yes. there and a line of filler there. Yes. That's, what it did, yeah. that's why, from my profile, and that's when in real life, friends who didn't know I was necessarily having it done, when they've caught me on a profile, they've said, What if, do you look a bit different? And that's what they've twigged because that's what's. It just looks more normal. And it doesn't something. look like... Because the funny thing is a lot of women I know who don't have um, this, they put in so much on the top lip that it almost takes that feel from away. They take it yeah. away. It looks shelf. puffy. Yeah. I, that's a very unattractive look. It's really not They do that look. to try and fill in uh, vertical smokers lines or like the barcodes. But then when you put too much in, it Isn't actually... It? turns the mouth inwards first of all yes. and then it just makes that white upper lip very thick which I is unattractive in my opinion a bit of a shock I didn't never know what I meant to say to my friends who sort of say Ignore. hello and I'm just kind of gazing at them thinking why God, if why someone who's mention? recently had something done yeah. just don't say anything don't let them say yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was a bit kind of, mm, hello. Well, that could have just been swelling too you never know yeah you're yeah. like yeah I'm not sure about yeah. that yeah. that wasn't swelling <laughs> And then the other thing that we discussed was to was to do a little bit for the nose, just to align mm-hmm. the nose a little bit, which we did do. And I wanted to bring to attention is that sometimes, and we did discuss this too, so 
anytime that you've had any sort of surgery done and then you have injectables, you always have to worry about the vascular supply to that area because it's different than uh, someone who has had no work done to it. And, uh, you know, small amounts of filler can sometimes like squeeze a, a blood vessel that it supplies blood to certain areas and, and therefore cut off circulation, which obviously we don't want to have happen. And that's why it's really important to do small quantities and to make sure that you have somebody who recognizes if something is not right, because oftentimes things that go wrong look like a bruise and it looks like a purple modeling discoloration type of thing that if you're not sure you're not experienced in having injectables done or uh, the person injecting you doesn't have experience in injecting, they might just be like, oh, that's just a little bruise. It'll go away and actually it can be something much worse. And so knowing that we still injected a small amount of filler into the nose and we did get a little bit of modeling and to be on the safe side, we removed the bits that were put in the nose and we'll re-inject it later once we, you know, we can, we can always go back and, and put little small amounts in. So Was I think that that's to do very, with the amount that you put in? So no, not necessarily. Well, we yes. Well, we did do a very small amount. I mean, so if if I say in the lips we used one ml, in that nose area we used like 0.2 ml. Okay. So very small amount within the whole nose no. type of area. Uh, I wish you could have seen. It looked so much better. It made me realize that I'm actually very self-conscious of my nose. And seeing it, I thought, God, it's really made a difference. Really did. And then I had to dissolve it. Well, that, that's the other important thing to note, too, is that we've used a, a, a filler, Juvederm. I used full lift in both of the areas. And the beauty of using this hyaluronic acid is that it's hyaluronic acid and there is uh, an enzyme called hyaluronidase that can immediately dissolve uh, filler when it's injected on top of it. So I just think that it's always important to know that one, there it, there are potential complications and two, there's recourse and there are things that you can do. If you had had a permanent filler, for instance, or a semi-permanent filler that was not hyaluronic acid, it would there, there would be no recourse. We mm -hmm. would have had to wait it out and see what happened. And that's not, so that, that would have given me a heart attack. You'll now forget pause, about you. You'll pause and go back and, and have well, a We'll, we'll pause, uh, see once it's totally, you know, fine again, maybe in another week or 10 days, we can always go back and do even half of that and then mm. just do baby steps to, to try. It's so exciting. It is exciting. I want to come and watch next time. <laughs> you shall go to the you ball. Can, you can hold hands. You'll see my yeah. eyes water. But I, can, I can't well, tell you the difference. It, it wasn't it? that It wasn't is that bad. painful because uh, of the scar tissue? Uh, I just think... Um, it's not a place that you've ever like hurt yourself generally, you know, so mm. I put filler in my own nose. So I know that that sensation and I just think it's, eye-watering it is but it does it's, it's, it's a senses thing it makes your eyes water you have two seconds of ouch and then it goes yeah. well we saw yeah. you do it on molly yes didn't we but that's painful marianne filled my daughter's nose was she because okay she's got a hook nose well i think she wanted it so badly i think she, sometimes she the say. desire yeah overcomes all well, of the pain me. and i think i'm just like, just get on with it let's just, just get on put with it, it in. and then also sometimes <laughs> i think i scare people so much i'm like it's going to be really painful you know that's quite nice forewarned is better and even yesterday yes. when things didn't quite go to plan cool as a cucumber let's get it out it was it just yeah it's just brilliant it was seamless it was you don't lay here panicking which i think for listeners it might sound like god it went wrong what the hell but it's absolutely fine it, you reacted straight away and it was done it was gone and i was sad i was like it looked good i know i know <laughs> you're like but can we keep is it all gonna go <laughs> is it all gonna go <laughs> but we can go back and go through that again it's not really a problem but again that's what i mean like knowing that there was potentially something 
not right is if you had gone home, you know, at 630 in the evening, which is when we injected, then, you know, it would have been very different in the morning. And going into it, knowing that it can be reversed and it can be dissolved is, especially for a first timer, that's so good too, because if the worst happens, it's not permanent. No. And that's really like comforting thing to know. Well, that was important when she was swollen. She's like, oh my God, it's so swollen. What am I going to do? And Mm. I was like, don't worry, it's going to go down. But if we need to, we can always remove Mm. anything. But that, yeah, that swelling, it is just a reaction because what is it? Because you've had a needle injected in so you? So it's a different reason. So um, when I did your lips, I used a very small uh, insulin type syringe. So it's a 32 gauge needle, which no one listening will understand, but it's a very small, thin needle. Um, but because it's very small, there's only so much hyaluronic acid that can be placed into that syringe. And so whereas sometimes people use a bigger needle and a bigger syringe and have less injection points, I have multiple injection points but I also did that also because there was a scar there and then secondly um sometimes people have a reaction to the lidocaine or the numbing agent that's inside of the filler. So Juvederm Volipt is mixed with a little bit of lidocaine and lidocaine is a thing that makes lips numb and you know, you feel numb for about a half an hour after treatment, but Mm -hmm. that can also elicit a little bit of a, of a reaction. And also people have it in their face too, when they have it done, but the the difference is, is that the lips are a confined structure. So if you have a little bit of swelling, it looks like a lot. Whereas if you have a little swelling and you've done it in your cheeks or your chin or your hands, you don't really Mm. it doesn't really make much impact but the lips can be very impactful yeah and also because you're talking you're eating you know like technically this time my nose is swollen but I wouldn't notice that half as much but because it's your lips and you're moving like when you go to the dentist you're just so aware of it until it until it goes goes away basically because of your history and your operations and your the kind of focus on on your face that you've had Mm. over the years how have you grown up and working in the world that you do Mm -hmm. and you work in a very male um, I do, yeah. Strong office, but also your focus is on beauty and women's issues. How has your relationship with the idea of tweakments for yourself been? Um, I am actually very relaxed to it. I mean, I I would be a complete hypocrite if I judged anyone for having anything because I have sent so many as a commissioning editor. I have sent so many journalists to have things done, and I'm always that sort of person like you are now, waiting for the befores and afters and how are you and what's it feel like. Have you done to yourself? But I haven't done it to myself. No. So this is the first. I mean, technically, the things I have had cosmetic procedures with my surgeries, but as explained earlier, that that has been a medical plan. Um, Whereas this is something completely aesthetic that I've chosen to do for myself. I think Um, this could be considered medical, to be fair. I mean, I think uh, that there's cosmetic for just aesthetic reasons, but there's also, you know, the fact that you didn't have a filtrum or, mm. you know, having a rhino, like if you were to have a rhinoplasty, I would still consider that medical because you, you know, you've had injury and you're trying to improve a structure that, that is not as it would have been if you didn't have the cleft lip. So... Yeah, I've certainly never seen you so excited at the prospect. It was interesting, yeah, no, no, because Marianne was really lit up at the idea of being able to do just these tiny, tiny, what other people call tweaks, and all the things that we discuss here on the show. But it's made for something, for something real, that's like so you know, real. something not just yeah. I want my lips yes, bigger. Not yeah. just I want I my lips I can imagine bigger. that. Yeah. And so I think we've both got such a sense. We've both been thrilled about you. You're like, yes. <laughs> it's very liberating Project that things Joe. like this are yeah. available and that yeah. you can, and it's an option and you can. And I think when all this swelling goes down, and especially if I can have my nose done again, in this, what is a significant time in my life, just in terms of age and everything, like it is wonderful that this can be done and it does make me feel better and it hopefully will give me more confidence. And 
it's yeah I, I mean ha- having had this done I did have to tell my editor my manager that I needed a couple of days just to get over the swelling and he sort of was was oh cleflet and as men are as managers are it was a whole level of madness of him feeling awkward and not knowing what to say to me he never know he'd never he didn't well he kind of said oh yeah he i don't know you never know he was people people <laughs> aren't necessarily honest but he was quite surprised but my main thing when i walked in on this that first day i go into lots of meetings with middle-aged men and although i do write about beauty it's not an aesthetic world at all everyone's in suits and everyone sits there and you talk about the news agenda of the day and I just didn't want to walk into a meeting one day with a completely blown up face or whatever, all these horrible stereotypes mm. that you hear about mm. the scare stories. And I remember you saying to me, nobody will know it's for you. Yeah. It's just for you. And that's so important mm. that it was. And, and, and my mum was like, I notice because I look at you every other day or whenever I see you, you're my child, but not everyone is going to know. You just look better. You look well. Yes. You do, and you look so happy, I have to say. It's really <laughs> nice. It's so nice to see somebody. So you yes. really look lit up by the fact that you've done this and that you feel... Makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside. Well, it does inside. make us all feel a bit warm and fuzzy because I think it's very... No, it's great. It's great that, you know, all this stuff we talked about, it can be used for something that's really proper and serious. And well, that's actually how I started using hyaluronic acid. So I never had the training in America um, because it wasn't, it was very quite new when I was doing my training, but I moved here and I was doing a fellowship with Jane Olver, who is a very well-esteemed oculoplastic surgeon. And she was doing some research on hyaluronic acid. And I sort of went on to write a couple papers about it, using it for patients who had different cancers or trauma around their eyes and just couldn't have any more, just didn't want to have more surgery surgery was really involving just to help volumize that area and that's actually how I first started using filler so I never had real you know you don't learn much of the aesthetic cosmetic in actual medical training because it's more about the medical and in the in the research that I did in the UK that's where I came across and that's how it all that's where it all started that's very exciting so Joe how many more times will you be coming to see Mariam just the nose so I'd like to probably do um two or three sessions for the nose I'd probably break it up just because we did have this you know potential issue and I just I would do less and maybe I would do you know the the nostril like the different areas I'd segment it and do different areas at a time it's just you also want to as you're doing it you can see the change in it you know, you just have to say, okay, enough for this time and then go ooh, next time. But we did use a small amount. And so I'm, I'm, I feel like we could do it, you know, anytime after a week, we would probably do it every 10 days. So okay. whatever works for you. And for those people out there who are thinking about maybe having this kind of a treatment done to them, let's talk about costs. pricing. Yeah. So generally it's by vial of filler that's done. So everybody has a different price set. For my price, um, Juvederm Vola for a syringe would be 800 um, pounds. And that would have been enough for the lips. That's what I. That's basically what I did for the lips. And I probably wouldn't use a whole syringe on the nose anyway. I think like with a half a syringe, we could probably have a really good result. So not too much product. I don't necessarily think, you know, the other thing is, is people always worry that the, the nose or the lips are going to look really big, but actually that's a very small amount of, of product that's going in. So, but it is expensive. So well, I think it's worth every penny because I think you look so amazing. So, 
that just leaves us to say thank you so much for coming in and talk to us. It's very brave to come in and talk about yes, it. Yes, it the is. Way. Okay. I think it's amazing, and what you've done is 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 great. I'm so pleased we met for that lunch. I know. I know. Me too. I'm thrilled. Thank I'm you so, so much so for happy. joining. Thank what you would very much. If we had dinner next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody, for listening, and you'll hear us again next week. In the meantime, have a look at our Instagram at the Guinea Pig Podcast, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. The guinea pig provides unbiased information to those who may be considering cosmetic surgery or even trialing a non-invasive treatment or product. We do not endorse the use of any product or procedure featured in this podcast and are not responsible for the outcome of any of the treatments featured on this podcast or damage caused in connection with any treatments or products. Should you decide to try any of the procedures, treatments or products mentioned in any episode of the guinea pig, you do so at your own risk. Always consult an independent and fully qualified medical professional if you are considering embarking on a medical procedure, irrespective of whether it's an invasive or non-invasive procedure.